Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're not there to make friends. We're, we're, we're there to try the case, to put the state on their heels and make sure that they can prove the case against your client. Rapper YNW Melly has a new lawyer and new criminal charges as he faces a retrial for the murder of two of his friends. Those are two of the top six developments since the jury deadlocked in the trial of Jamel Demons. Welcome to Law and Crime Sidebar Podcast. I'm Anjanette Levy. Jury selection was supposed to be well underway in the retrial of Jamel Demons, but that has been delayed amid accusations from the defense that the lead prosecutor may have tried to cover up Detective Mark Moretti asking another officer to lie when he seized a cell phone that was owned by Melly's mom. The judge has removed the lead prosecutor, Christine Bradley, from the case because she may be called to testify as a witness about a comment in the retrial. We'll go into more about that later, but first, just to bring you up to speed on where things stand now, Demons, who we just call Melly because that's how the public knows him, faces two counts of first-degree murder for the October 26, 2018 shooting deaths of two men that he called his best friends, Anthony YNW Sack Chaser Williams and Christopher YNW Juvie Thomas, were shot to death in an SUV driven by Cortland Henry, who went by YNW Bortland. Bortland, Sack, Juvie, and Melly were seen leaving a recording studio earlier that morning. Surveillance cameras recorded the four getting into a Jeep. Less than two hours later, Henry pulled up to a hospital emergency room. His two friends were dead inside the SUV. Melly was charged with first-degree murder the following year. Portland was charged with being an accomplice. The difference? The state is seeking the death penalty against Melly because they say he was the shooter. Melly, of course, denies this. Under Florida law, Melly could face the death penalty under a new lower threshold of an 8-4 to four vote if he's convicted. His first trial ended in a hung jury last summer. Since that first trial, Melly has changed up his legal team just slightly. This man, Jamie Benjamin, is now Melly's lead attorney. Melly's defense team has always been aggressive, but they seem more so under Benjamin's leadership. In the last two weeks, Benjamin did something you don't often see attorneys do. He called out Judge Murphy, basically saying he didn't look interested in hearing their arguments. Your Honor, 
I believe, based on your body language, with your arms crossed and a scowl on your face, looking at us like we did something wrong, should be much I more. Think this is really serious. This is so serious. That's just a small sample of Jamie Benjamin in action and what we can expect at the retrial. I spoke with one of Melly's former attorneys, Bradford Cohen, about Jamie Benjamin's style. I'm friends with Jamie Benjamin. I've known him for years and years and years. Uh, he is a fixture in the Broward County community for criminal defense lawyers. Jamie is always an aggressive attorney. Uh, he understands the appellate issues that can be raised. He understands uh, how those appellate issues should be raised. He's very cognizant of the appellate issues. So he is always setting up the case just in case uh, that an appeal would come back and the appeal would be successful. So Jamie's a, a very smart lawyer. He's an aggressive lawyer. I think that he's the right lawyer for this case. I was on this case very early on. The first maybe four to six months of this case, I was the attorney, the lead attorney on the Melly case. And Melly wanted to go in a different direction, which I never ever question you know, clients that want different attorneys. Uh, but Jamie and I have a very similar um, type of a way, I guess, way of doing a case. And that is, we're not there to make friends. We're, we're, we're there to try the case, to put the state on their heels and make sure that they can prove the case against your client. We want to thank Morgan & Morgan for sponsoring this video. Now, before you say, oh, great, another law firm ad. First of all, how dare you speak that way of Morgan & Morgan? And second of all, you don't know what makes them special. You see, Morgan & Morgan has completely modernized the personal injury claim process. They make it super easy for you. You submit your claim, you sign contracts, you upload documents, you talk to your whole legal team all on your phone, and you can text your legal team throughout your case as much as you want. Yeah, I said team. They have 4,000 support staff. I can't even get anyone here to get me a coffee, a tea, a soda. And let me tell you, I get parched. It's no longer the days of back-to-back -back meetings and consultations. An attorney is going to review your case with eight clicks on your phone. That's it. Now, you might be saying, oh, that sounds pretty expensive. Well, here's the kicker. There's no upfront fee. No, you only pay them if you win. So it's no wonder over 3 million people call them every year. If you're injured, you can submit a claim at www.forthepeople.com slash law and crime or by dialing pound law. That's pound 529 on your phone. The next development is one that really wasn't unexpected. Judge Murphy denied Melly's request for bail after the mistrial. His attorneys had asked Judge Murphy to release him since he's been in jail since 2019 and he has not been convicted of these murders. That's a long time to be sitting in jail. COVID, of course, was to blame in part, along with delays over arguments pertaining to the death penalty associated with this case. Melly's attorneys had argued that he surrendered voluntarily when he was charged with the murders, and they pointed out that his co-defendant, Cortland Henry, was out on bail. But Judge Murphy ruled Melly will stay put, and he will remain held without bail, saying the proof of guilt is evident. This is, of course, a double homicide case, so a judge granting any type of bail other than a very high amount would be unlikely. Now, in between the mistrial and the retrial, Melly got into more legal trouble. Prosecutors charged Melly with witness tampering. Court documents state that Detective Danny Polo, you'll remember him from the first trial, he had that mask on for part of his testimony because he investigates gangs. Polo was listening to James Howard's jail calls from the Broward County Jail, where Melly is housed. 
Prosecutors say Polo heard Howard talking about passing messages from Melly. Then prosecutors said they heard Terrence Mathis's jail calls and that Mathis was talking to YNW Bortland about keeping Melly's ex-girlfriend Mariah Hamilton from showing up to court to testify. So not only was Melly charged with witness tampering, so was Bortland. The witness tampering charges mean that Bortland, who had been free on bail, is now being held in jail without bail, just like Melly. His trial is now scheduled to begin in January. So why would Melly or Bortland not want Mariah Hamilton to testify? Prosecutors say she has crucial information to provide about the night Sack and Juvie were murdered. In fact, her mother, Felicia Holmes, had told Bortland on Instagram a couple of years ago that Melly confessed to the murders to Mariah. So prosecutors are asking Judge Murphy to allow them to tell the jury about Mariah Hamilton's statement to police in 2019. In that statement, Mariah told lead detective Mark Moretti that Melly FaceTimed her after the murders and said that Sack and Juvie were killed in a drive-by shooting. A warrant was out for Mariah's arrest during the first trial. She appeared on Sidebar recently. Because I was his girlfriend um, at the time, um, so they thought that I knew more than what I was telling them that I knew, which I didn't. Um, so they were just harassing me being that I was his ex-girlfriend or girlfriend at the time. And if you watched the first trial, you probably remember Mariah Hamilton's mother, Felicia Holmes. She was probably the most memorable witness of the trial. Prosecutor Christine Bradley treated her as a hostile witness. Good morning, Ms. Holmes. Good morning. How are you today? Not good. Are you cold? No, I'm just, um, you know, I just feel, I don't feel comfortable. Are you nervous? I feel threatened. Well, now prosecutors say Holmes is refusing to testify in the retrial. So they want to use her testimony from the first trial in this second trial. That is allowed sometimes when a judge determines that a witness is unavailable. And Felicia Holmes popped in on the interview of her daughter on Sidebar. Take a look. A lot of anger with me because of everything me and my daughter have been through, um, what Christine Bradley's tried to put us through. Um, I felt like we're getting persecuted more than the defendants. Now, there are two reasons why Felicia Holmes's and Mariah Hamilton's testimony is so important to the state. First, it destroys the claim by Melly's defense that he wasn't in the Jeep when Sack and Juvie were shot. Mariah Hamilton told police in 2019 that her boyfriend, Melly, FaceTimed her, as I mentioned, in the early morning hours of October 26, and that he appeared to be hiding and that he claimed that they had been shot at in a drive-by shooting. According to a motion filed by prosecutors, Jamie King paid Mariah Hamilton $1,620 for her vehicle. Finally, one of the biggest developments in the case, Judge Murphy removed lead prosecutor Christine Bradley from the case. This came after the defense said she's a possible witness to possible misconduct by lead detective Mark Moretti. The defense said Moretti seized the cell phone that belonged to Melly's mom, Jamie King, at the prosecutor's office, and that he wasn't in his jurisdiction. And this exchange happened. Mr. Trackman and Ms. King leave. They leave the room. Okay. What happens? Once they leave the room, Deputy Gorell, who I didn't know, I didn't know his name, he came into the room, and Detective Moretti looked at him and said, You need to. For your Deputy, Deputy Moretti said to, to 
Detective Moretti said to Deputy Morell, you need to say you were here when I served that search warrant. And it was kind of like an awkward moment. Someone described it just kind of getting punched twice in the head. So there's a search warrant that gets served. And I'm like, what, what's going on? And then the next thing, he's asking this deputy to lie for him. And again, I'm like, like this isn't like I'm in the twilight, so I'm like, this can't really be happening. Deputy Gorell didn't say anything of any substance. I think he said, is there anything I'm needed for anymore or something like that. I don't remember if he said anything at all. It was just a very awkward moment after Detective Moretti said that to him. And you specifically remember what was said? I vividly remember what was said, yes. So after that was said and after Gorell leaves, do you say anything to Moretti? No, I don't say anything to Moretti. I leave the room. I'm done with the statement. As far as I'm concerned, I'm done investigating this case. Why? Because I don't work with detectives that solicit lies. Okay. What did you do then? I reported it immediately on that day. The defense says this is what's called a Brady violation. Prosecutors are required to turn over information to the defense that may help a person who is charged with a crime. That's called Brady material. Melly's defense questioned Christine Bradley about this so-called joke that was disclosed to the defense about Moretti asking a deputy to say he was in the room when he seized the cell phone. When you spoke to Detective Moretti, and we're talking about the conversation that you actually finally had with him prior to the first trial. Yes. Did you let him know that there were allegations made by Ms. Lutros and what they were? Yes, because I asked him if there was any validity to it. I asked him if there was any validity, okay. and that was his response. And his response was what you just had told us about. That is correct. Okay. Um, did you speak to Ms. Lutros about it? No. But based upon Detective Moretti's representation to you, you've decided not to file grading notice. Is that a fair statement? No. Based on Detective Moretti's statement, Detective or Deputy Gorell's report that also denied any such thing as had. Their reports don't jive them. Didn't doesn't Detective Moretti say it was a joke and Detective and Deputy Gorell say it didn't occur? Uh, Deputy Gorell says he was told he was not needed in his report. Uh, Detective Moretti doesn't mention anything about PSO assisting. So, you decided not to send out a Brady notice disregarding what a fellow prosecutor said that she heard and took the word of the deputies. Is that a fair now, the defense clearly did not want Christine Bradley on this case anymore, and Judge Murphy removed her since she could be called as a witness to question Moretti's tactics. Judge Murphy stopped short of saying Bradley did something wrong. I asked Melly's former attorney about the judge taking this step of removing Bradley. You know, it, it is an extreme uh, measure that isn't taken in a lot of cases, I probably have thought of, and I was thinking of it the other day, I, I might know one other case where a prosecutor, a lead prosecutor was taking off the case, and that was for a similar issue of, um, 
of misconduct, alleged misconduct. Uh, but the judge decided to take her off because she could be a witness. And that witness, what she would testify to essentially, is that Detective Moretti was not um, forthcoming in a discussion that he had with another BSO, well, a BSO detective, he's from Miramar, but a BSO detective about whether or not he was present in a room when he was serving a warrant on Jamie King, which is Melly's mom. And, you know, really, it, it's one of those cases where the cover-up is worse than the crime. <laughs> you know, it, it, the cover-up here was several issues. And when, when something like this comes up, there's a thing called a Brady notice. And that Brady notice is essentially a notice putting the defense, uh, putting the defense on, on notice that a issue arose where there might be either a one of the witnesses they have a problem with a case they have a problem with their veracity for truthfulness that they have to disclose or there's some exculpatory material that they have to disclose that they haven't disclosed previously in this case there were three separate brady notices that went out the first brady notice from uh from the lead prosecutor miss bradley that described the scenario about how Moretti might have asked a detective from BSO a question that to in, implicate his veracity for truthfulness. I guess that's the easiest way to put it. Then a second notice went out correcting the first notice, and then a third notice went out correcting the second notice, saying the first notice was correct. It's just unbelievable. It really is. You know what the problem is? It speaks very poorly about the uh, Broward State Attorney's Office that the control over these type of cases is really sadistical um, in this type of scenario. So I think it's a really bad sign for the state. I think that a new prosecutor is going to get have to get up to speed fairly quickly on this case, and it's a difficult case to put together to begin with. And now a brand new prosecutor is going to be coming on. I think that's a very tough job for the new prosecutor. Alexandra Buckaloo will now lead the prosecution team. Buckaloo was also part of the team that prosecuted Michael Boatwright and others for the murder of XXX and Tashione earlier this year. Jury selection begins Wednesday morning. Are you looking for another true crime podcast? Well, if you haven't already, check out one of the best there is. That's the True Crime Garage podcast. True Crime Garage is your next binge listen. Each week, the Garage guys cover a new case featuring missing persons cases, cold cases, solved stories, and serial killer profiles. Search and listen to True Crime Garage on Apple, Spotify, and all of the best podcast listening apps. For more info, go to truecrimegarage.com. So there you have it. Those are the top six developments in Melly's case since the mistrial. That's it for this edition of Law & Crime Sidebar Podcast. You can listen to and download Sidebar on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always watch it on Law & Crime's YouTube channel. Just hit the subscribe button. I'm Anjanette Levy, and we will see you next time.